Welcome to episode number 128 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast where we're building a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're covering NFPA 660, upcoming NFPA changes, and what they mean for combustible dust safety. This is the replay from the keynote on the second day of the 2021 Dust Safety Conference. This keynote was given by Jason Kerbeck of CB Technologies. We're going to be playing the keynote over two, the next two podcast episodes. In this first one, in Jason's presentation, he's going to be covering why they're consolidating the combustible dust standards, the history leading up to NFPA 652 and then into 660, the different types of committees and NFPA standards and how that all fits into NFPA 660, the structure of the new standard and what it means for you, um, and examples of why it's important to change at this time and why there's conflicts and, and how there are conflicts between different NFPA guidelines and standards and how that's going to be addressed coming into NFPA 660. So this is the first half of the presentation. In the second half, we're going to get more into how are they consolidating the standards and what they're doing next, and we'll do the Q&A session from this presentation. So again, this was the day two keynote to open up the 2021 Dust Safety Conference. If you didn't get a ticket to attend the conference, you can access all of the 52 presentations from the conference in the Dust Safety Academy with the premium membership option. So you can go to dustsafetyacademy.com and sign up there. So it might be important to note that this is a presentation that Jason gave over slides, but I listened through it to myself and it's pretty easy to follow just on audio. For those of you that are, are listening to the podcast in the car or at the gym, this is going to be easy and you'll still get all the, the material that's important for understanding what NFPA 660 means for you and your operation. So without further ado, we'll play the presentation from Jason Kerbeck, NFPA 660, upcoming NFPA changes and what they mean for combustible dust safety. Okay, so welcome back to day two of the 2021 Global Dust Safety Conference. Just a couple of administrative things, and then we'll get Jason going on time for his presentation. First off, thank you for making it to the second day. It's, uh, we had a really great day yesterday, a lot of good feedback for the speakers, a lot of good discussions. Of course, a lot of great technical content and material was shared as well. So yesterday we talked through challenges and also case studies, practical application. Today we're, we're going to be talking about explosion protection and recent findings there um, and dust collection and cleaning. We have the kickoff keynote that's going to be coming up next by Jason on F NFPA 660, upcoming changes and what they mean for combustible dust safety. Then at the end of the day, we have a keynote being given by Dr. Suzanne Smith and Dr. Russell Ogle from Exponent. And they'll be talking about dust, fire, and explosion incident investigations. Why do we do them and what can we learn? That's going to be really valuable to understand when they go in after the fact, analyze the situation, what kind of outcomes come out of that? What kind of lessons have they seen from their extensive work in this area? So really excited for that. I um, really want to say thank you for coming back to the, the conference today. Just like yesterday, if you scroll down below, there is the question answer widget. If you put your questions in there, we'll answer them at the end of the sessions. There's also a bunch of different ways you can communicate throughout the community if you go straight to the Dust Safety Academy homepage. Um, so don't hesitate to use that. Don't hesitate to click buttons. If you break stuff, that's great. Um, just let us know so that, uh, so that we can fix it. But uh, I'd encourage you to, to look around to communicate with others. If you go to the form, you can click on people's names and communicate that way. You can send direct messages. The point of this event is to bring folks together on this topic of combustible dust safety and give them a channel to communicate. So make sure you're doing that. Don't hesitate to ask me questions. Uh, if you're stuck anywhere along the way, you can email conference at dustsafetyscience.com 
and Jennifer or one of our team members will get you rolling there. So don't hesitate to use that channel as well. The last, I guess, administrative note is dustsafetyshare.com. We talked about a lot yesterday. If you go there, you can provide input to the projects that we're running this year to address the challenges that we talked about yesterday. So without further ado then, I wanna get into the first keynote for today, the first presentation for today. Uh, and to do that, we have Jason Kerbeck, Engineering Manager from CV Technology based out of Jupiter, Florida. Jason has extensive experience in explosion protection design, combustible dust safety. He sits on a number of technical committees, National Fire Protection Association, NFPA, but also American Society of Mechanical Engineers, American Society of Safety Engineers, and American Institute of Chemical Engineers. Critically for today's keynote and presentation, he's a member of NFPA 652. He's on the NFPA Technical Correlating Committee on Combustible Dust. And him and the other folks on that committee and the folks on all the NFPA technical committees are going through this process of moving towards NFPA 660. So that's what Jason's going to be talking about today. What is NFPA 660? What does it mean for combustible dust safety? What does it mean for you as an end user or consultant or equipment manufacturer um, in this industry? We have Jason for an hour's worth of time. So make sure you ask lots of questions um, and and do a personal favor to me and make them the really hard questions because I like to see Jason sweat a bit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding from there. Um, but I will uh, hand the virtual microphone over to Jason and we'll let you go into your, your keynote from here. So thanks, Jason. Great, thanks for that introduction, Chris. And thanks again for having me at the safety conference here in 2021. Uh, and thanks everyone for joining us today. We're gonna be talking about a, uh, a popular uh, number here you probably heard a few times in some of the presentations yesterday, and that's NFPA 660. Uh, and NFPA 660 is a document that does not exist yet, uh, but is in the process of being created. And so today we're going to kind of walk you through a little bit about what that process looks like and a little bit about how we got there. And before we get started, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping here about the uh, National Fire Protection Association or NFPA. Uh, NFPA is a nonprofit organization, and they're not really affiliated with any enforcement policies. They make codes and standards uh, really for safety, right, uh, around electrical and fire hazards, and in this case, combustible dust hazards. And so I'd really encourage you to go to nfpa.org to get the latest and greatest up-to-date information or get any of the resources here. I'm going to reference a couple standards throughout this presentation as well. Uh, I didn't put a reference to each page, but if you go to nfpa.org, you're going to find all that information there. And also, I want to make sure everyone understands that I'm, while I am an NFPA uh, technical committee member on a lot of these combustible dust committees, I'm not representing NFPA during this presentation. So you may hear a little bit of my uh, my own opinion uh, woven into this presentation as well, and, and know that maybe differ a little bit from where uh, NFPA would stand on the topic. But as we go through this, we're going to kind of talk about NFPA 660. And what NFPA 660 is, it's the consolidation of some of the NFPA combustible dust standards into one combined code. Okay, and we'll get into that difference of what is a standard, what is a code in NFPA, uh, and what does that mean. But this is the process that's going on right now. And we'll talk about what that process looks like. But first, we're going to kind of talk about how did we get there. So I think we heard a, a, a few presentations yesterday, one of them by one of my counterpounds, uh, Johannes at Rembi, he mentioned, uh, and uh, excuse me, I'm blank on it, and who gave the quotation, you don't want to see how the sausage gets made, uh, is a paraphrase of it. And we're going to do a little bit of going back in time here to see kind of how the sausage came about, right, when we talk about 660. And so 
the current model of NFPA combustible dust standards includes a fundamental standard, which is 652, and then some industry or commodity specific standards, which cover your specific industry and standard. And we'll get through those, but that's the kind of process now. And that's consolidation or merging of them is what we're talking about with the creation of NFPA 660 into one single standard. So it kind of starts with the Chemical Safety Board here in the United States. Um, and so the Chemical Safety Board, for those of you not familiar with them, they're an independent federal agency. They do mainly investigations of uh, chemical accidents and not just chemical industries, but industrial accidents in general. They put together a nice report in 2006 that they published about combustible dust. Okay, in that report, it outlined a series of events that have occurred, fires, explosions, over roughly a 25-year span and kind of brought combustible dust to the forefront of attention for safety professionals here in North America. Okay, so it was maybe a little bit overlooked up until that point. And it took real hold here in the United States with OSHA. Okay, so OSHA saw the CSB report and in 2007 basically decided, hey, we need to start looking at uh, what do we do about this combustible dust problem in industrial facilities here. And that kind of gave birth to um, a national emphasis program we'll talk about in a few slides later. But delving into some of that chemical safety board information is kind of where I want to start. And the reason why is I mentioned those industry commodity specific standards and how you have right now a fundamental standard and then you have an industry specific standard. Well, this is a nice breakdown of how those industries would be separated according to the 2006 CSB study. Okay, so there's a chemical document, really. There's a coal and carbons kind of falls into that chemical document. Uh, other is a mixture of different products. Uh, food and beverage, you know, falls into that food and ag side of the, the standard and the wood standard, uh, which is NFPA 664. But you kind of see a pretty even distribution. And that's not really the point of showing you this chart, not that it's kind of an even distribution in their study. The point of it is you see combustible dust incidents occur in a variety of different industries with a variety of different materials. And as we delve into some more data, you look at 2018 CSB updated this study, you can see the proportions change a little. The concept is still there, a variety of different industries. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention our, our graceful hosts here and their dust safety science incident report from 2019, you see kind of the same thing, right? We see a variety of different materials, a variety of different industries. What makes combustible dust safety unique in those industries is sometimes the nature of the materials, how they behave, but more often it's the processes. What kind of industrial processes do you see there? What kind of safety culture do you see in those industries? Uh, especially around hazards of the materials that they're handling, right? And so that's where you see a huge difference in safety and maybe even you might call it a gap in safety as you go from industry to industry. So as you have these industry uh, specific standards, you have a fundamental standard, you can see kind of that this, there, there's gonna be some universal concepts. There's gonna be some things that are universal to all industries and that's kind of where you're gonna see this path leading you towards with NFPA 660. So one important thing I wanna point out here uh, was in the, in the CSB uh, reports. And if you really delve through CSB's website, you'll see some great incident reports about industrial events that have occurred with combustible dust. And you'll see a common theme through all of them. 
if this facility had followed NFPA standards, this event maybe wouldn't have happened or the uh, magnitude of it would have been much less, right? And those are common themes you see all throughout it. Another thing you'll see that CSB recommends is a call on OSHA. Again, CSB, not a regulatory body, just investigation. OSHA would be the one in charge of, of workplace safety here in uh, the United States. Their call for a comprehensive general industry standard on combustible dust as being a driver of critical chemical safety change. That's also kind of the point of an FPA 660 as you go through this, is you're gonna see that we're driving this towards a universal standard that's easier to understand, easier to use, and it's going to be used more often so that we get to the, the bottom line is a change in safety, a goal of zero combustible dust incidents. So kind of going back to that background, we're gonna kind of go down this timeline. So CSB issued that report in 2006. We saw it's a variety of different combustible dusts involved in that report. It kind of brings us to what did OSHA do? So OSHA issued a national emphasis program in 2007. Something major happened in 2008, and that was the Imperial Sugar explosion in Savannah, Georgia. That explosion was uh, very large in magnitude, a large loss of life, huge industrial incident, not just for combustible dust, but really for any industrial incident here in, in North America as a whole, let alone the United States. And so at that point, OSHA kind of did some tweaking in the National Emphasis Program, kind of re-upped it, put a little bit more effort behind it, and at the same time decided to start the process for a better standard on combustible dust, was done by NFPA. That was really done because OSHA, you know, kind of made the declaration that, hey, we're gonna start proposed rulemaking. We're gonna try to put our own standard out was OSHA's emphasis back then. NFPA had existing standards at the time. They had these industry and commodity specific standards, okay? The fundamental standard NFPA 652 did not exist at that stage. So these industry and commodity specific standards, and if you looked at any of them back then, you would have realized we kind of have a problem here. They're not very universal. There's even conflicts amongst them, um, in some cases, large conflicts. There's gaps in some of them. Even if you operated a facility that might be classified as two different types of operations, you'd have a lot of trouble getting those two industry commodity standards to match up to make sure you had uniform safety in your facility. And so NFPA started that process internally of saying, hey, we need to get a better standard for combustible dust than just these industry and commodity specific standards as they currently stand. OSHA, as they're going through and doing their, uh, their methods for that, uh, development of their own standard at a series of stakeholder meetings. Okay, these stakeholder meetings happened between 2009, 2011. If you go to their website, you can read through the comments that, those, that were taken in those kind of public forums. I put a few examples up here, but I'm gonna really break it down for you and what the kind of points out of those were. And the points out of a lot of the stakeholder meetings were a few comments and, and they were generalized as such. I'm gonna paraphrase here, but basically that hey, the standards that you have now in NFPA are good, but not great. They're good, but they don't match up. They're not consistent, okay? They're good, but not as straightforward or understanding as I would need to. They don't address maybe everything in my industry from a small business to a large industrial multinational facility, right? And so those are some of the common themes you'll see out of those comments at those stakeholder meetings in regards to standards and regulations. So again, 
giving some input to NFPA that, hey, we need some better standards and regulations developed. And that happened. That process started back then to, for the creation of NFPA 652. And NFPA 652 came out in September 2015. And its goal was to be the fundamental standard. Basics, basic principles, basic requirements for you to understand fire and explosion hazards in relation to combustible dust. And it did that. Okay, that standard has improved safety greatly throughout industry. At the same time, you have a fundamental standard that you have to use to learn the basics. Then you have your commodity specific standard. You can see how there could be some gaps or conflicts, uh, or again, language doesn't match up. And that led to the creation of a correlating committee. And the correlating committee for combustible dust was formed really to oversee kind of all the combustible dust standards and to make sure they were developed to kind of match up, right? And at the same time, the edict was given down to the, uh, the industry-specific standards to say, hey, we need to focus on getting the same format, same chapter structure of 652 to the industry and commodity-specific standards so that somebody can use these two documents together. That correlating committee kind of took on that task with directing what needed to be done. Their goal was to have continuity between the combustible dust standards and those include things like definitions, uh, the general structure, the chapter structure, what is covered, what isn't covered. References is another big one, right? Some of these standards reference each other. Uh, and so if you're on the wrong revision cycle or one revision cycle looks greatly different than another one and there's been an improvement in one and not in the other yet, it leads to gaps, right? So even syncing up the revision cycles for some of these industry and commodity specific standards became something the Coiling Committee pushed forward as an edict at that time. Another thing that came out of NFPA 652 was the dust hazard analysis, which kind of a newer concept here in North America was doing a hazard assessment or analysis on a process that handles combustible dust. And this is a really critical requirement that uh, has really improved safety here in, in North America. And, you know, it's uh, a little bit similar, a little bit different than what you'd find in an ATEX directive regarding some risk assessment on a process. There's some commonality there, some, some differences there, and there's different ways to do dust hazard analysis, whether you do risk-based or not. But regardless, what's in the NFPA standards was the requirement to do a dust hazard analysis, mainly on everything new, but also a retroactive requirement in these standards to say that you need to do a dust hazard analysis on your process retroactively. Okay, And deadlines were formed in the industry and commodity specific standards of when those deadlines would fall. And, you know, it's sometimes it's a little bit easier to take a look at this as a, you know, as a timeline here. And that's what I put together here for you guys to kind of just understand, you can see how industrial incidences that, that were large, you know, grabbed headlines, large losses of life or industry or injuries, or were investigated by CSB, how they continued as this regulation process developed here in the United States. Back in 2006, like I mentioned, the CSB dust study is kind of what kicked this off. And that was a review of some incidents that happened in 2003. West Pharmaceutical, CTA Acoustics, and Hayes Limerens were the three that were kind of the focus of that dust study uh, as specific incidents. You can see the National Emphasis Program starting the rulemaking. Additional resources OSHA published in 2013. Launched at 652 in 2015. And now we come to present day 
where we kind of see the last deadline of retroactive DHAs is for NFPA 61, which is the food and agricultural industry document, falls at the really January 2022 or the end of this year. And uh, you might see the difference between the 652 DHA deadline and 61 and kind of understand why. The food industry obviously has a lot of facilities, a lot of uh, operations and, and companies with multiple facilities. They needed a little bit more time to complete that retroactive DHA requirement. Uh, as opposed to some other industries that maybe even doing that, even as a separate process, you think of chemical industry doing process hazard analysis. They were probably doing that on their combustible dust to start with. So they, you know, they had a leg up when this act, this requirement got put into the NFPA standards. But as these standards develop and as they, they build upon each other, we kind of see that, you know, you have a lot of documents you still have to reference. So you have NFPA 652, which is the fundamental standard. 61 covers food and agricultural, 484 is metals and alloys, 654 kind of was a catch-all in the past, but it's really morphed into a little bit more of chemicals and plastics. Uh, and 655 is sulfur specific, obviously due to the ignition sensitivity of it. And 664 was the wood and wood processing standard. Now imagine you're operating a facility that maybe falls under multiple categories or maybe falls under a category not covered greatly in one of these standards. I always give a great example of if you're making wood pellets, the biomass industry right now, or bioenergy, you know, the wood and wood processing document 664 maybe doesn't address all your processes properly. And so you might have to go look at some things in 654 that are covered, uh, maybe not covered very well in 664. Or in 652, you're getting really only fundamentals and not specifics to your process. So again, these standards and these committees have a lot to cover in their document. They have both, you know, what's basic in their industry, and then they also have what's more specific in their industry covered in their standard. And then 652 is covering fundamentals in their standards. So you can see there's kind of a little bit of overlap even between what you're going to find in each standard about what's specific and what's not. And, you know, that kind of leads to what is uh, one of the big debates here we'll talk about a little bit later in the presentation as we are creating 660, you know, what are some of the issues with creating and merging these standards into one, uh, one standard. So a little flow chart here for you to, again, kind of understand the process. You're usually starting with the fundamentals document, which is 652, again, the basics, and then you're going to your industry or commodity specific standard that covers your specific industry to see what additional requirements may be there or what different requirements may be there. Uh, you know, a great example in 652, uh, you know, fire protection on a dust collector, uh, water is an option in 652 and 484. The metal document, obviously we don't wanna be dumping water on metal dusts, right? So it would there be a prohibition in there in 44 saying, can you don't do this, right? So uh, that's just a common uh, example of something as, as these documents have developed that you would see. And then they kind of reference on to how to documents, as I like to refer to them, which would be things like NFPA 68 or 69, kind of tell you how to do some of the things that would be required in these uh, standards that cover your process or your facility. Now, as all these standards have been uh, revised since the introduction of 652, we see a common chapter structure that has developed in the last few years. And it, it's up here on the screen right now. Uh, and I'm going to really focus on a couple different chapters, uh, starting at chapter five. Chapter five is the hazard identification chapter. You'll find common throughout all the standards now. And that hazard identification chapter is really critical for you to understand 
ignition sensitivity and the explosion severity of the materials that you're handling. That's the chapter you go to that would tell you what you need to do, how to do it. Chapter six, which we saw some presentations on yesterday about performance-based design options. That's if you wanna kind of deviate for some of the prescriptive requirements in the later chapters. What do you need to achieve to be able to do that? Chapter seven is the dust hazard analysis chapter. It tells you about dust hazard analysis, the retroactive requirements, what you need to do in your hazard analysis. And something really great um, uh, to reference is usually the annex for that section. Now, as you're doing a DHA, you might be using a, a third-party consultant. You might be doing it in-house. Uh, you need a certain amount of knowledge and combustible dust safety to do a DHA properly. That annex has a lot of great resources for that chapter on, on how to do those things. Uh, chapter 8's management systems and Chapter 9's hazard management, really the mitigation and prevention sections of, of the, uh, the standard. And again, I'm going to emphasize that annex again. Probably the most overlooked thing in NFPA standards for combustible dust is the annex section. And I'll tell you, probably at least 60% of the questions I get are in the standards. If you opened up the annex section, you'd learn about them or understand why your requirement's there or what that requirement's saying or how to apply that requirement to the area you're talking about or discussing. Annex is a great resource that's uh, kind of often overlooked in these standards. I mentioned the how-to standards in NFPA 68 or 69. These are really other NFPA standards and they might not just be NFPA standards. They might be other regulations or standards from, from other types of bodies that kind of reference specific systems or requirements or how to apply things really less than where to apply them. So I think of NFPA 68 tells you how to design explosion venting, the calculations in there for venting and flameless venting exist, what kind of requirements of vent and the flameless vent must meet for you to apply it in your facility. NFPA 69 covers things like suppression, isolation, prevention systems, inerting systems. And then of course the electrical code NFPA 70 would cover electrical classification. Uh, and I put 499 in here for those of you who aren't familiar with it. It's a great recommended practice a great reference document. It basically takes the classification sections out of 70, puts it in a separate document, uh, so you don't have to thumb through a, a several volume book to figure out what you need to do for combustible dust safety. So these are kind of how-to standards um, that you see referenced. Now, at the beginning of the presentation, I mentioned NFPA 660, and I mentioned NFPA as a whole, you know, they don't do enforcement, right? And so there's other, regulations out there that have adopted these NFPA standards, including 652 and the commodity specific standards. So one I really want to emphasize for the United States is the International Fire Codes. So International Fire Codes in 2018 started a chapter that references NFPA 652 as being something that needs to be included in your, in your development when you're talking about a process that handles combustible dust or has dust explosion hazards. Okay, the reason why that's important is you look at this map, you see what's red. Those are the states in the United States that are using the International Fire Codes, International Building Codes. And every jurisdiction is different. It, you know, it may come down to even a city level in some cases and what edition of the fire code they're using. But the reason why is people who do enforce things use the fire code. And so that could be somebody like a local fire marshal. They might issue things like occupancy requirements, new construction permits, and they might reference back to have you complied with NFPA 652. And again, if you do that, it takes you down that rabbit hole of 
Well, if I comply with 652, I also need to look at my industry and commodity specific standard. Then I need to also look at my how-to standards. It kind of gets to a long line of logic there when you talk about who is out there enforcing combustible dust safety, not to mention OSHA, which we kind of mentioned earlier. They were looking at doing their own standard. They have since kind of stopped. And obviously, they change with, with every regime. So the International Fire Code has some influence here on what's happening with where these standards are being actually applied and enforced. So that leads us to the great question, right? I gave you the background here. I kind of told you where we came from, how we got to where we are with this several standard structure. I alluded to you that, hey, we're going towards combining these, but the question really became, why should we change? Why should we change this several document structure? And, you know, I mentioned some of them already, I think. So, it's a problem when you look at the standards even now, the great work the Corlin Committee has done and the industry and commodity specifics have done to rearrange their documents and try to get the stuff to work as well as they can. There's still conflicts and gaps that exist between standards. And going back to that stakeholders meeting, we heard something that said, the easier it is to follow, the more likely it is to follow, be followed, right? We also heard some other things that said, hey, we can't have these gaps and conflicts because it creates confusion. It leads to people not wanting to use the standard or thinking, hey, maybe we should do this a different way. So those are two big ones that you know we have data behind. We have a lot of input behind from, from stakeholders in the industry that said that's another issue. Another thing we found as we had this structure going from 2015 to now is it's hard for some of these multinational companies with multiple industry functions to comply or to have a uniform combustible dust policy. You know, throughout thinking the United States, but think of North America, the facilities in Canada, the USA and Mexico, all three are using NFPA in most cases. You know, you might have a facility that's classified as a food facility. You might have another facility that's classified as a facility where you're making tissue or you're making diapers or you're making plastic wear. Right. And that just might be the scope of what your company does. So uniform policy becomes very difficult to apply. Right. And so you can't just say, hey, comply with standards X, X and X. Um, it becomes onerous for your facilities to do. And sometimes there's stuff in there that they don't even need to be concerned about. The general point is a clearer standard equals less combustible dust incidents. Right. And that's what we're trying to do by having these standards out there is to eliminate combustible dust hazards and eliminate incidents that occur from those hazards. Can't eliminate the hazards. We can lower the risk. We can mitigate the risk. We can get to, to zero incidents. So examples of some conflicts or gaps, um, you know, I, I put a couple up here. I'll, I'll pick one. I mentioned a few of these already as we went through it. But really, hey, you know, the lack of information on additive manufacturing is a big one. I see right now, additive manufacturing, your 3D printing, as some of you might be familiar with it. You know, if you're 3D printing plastic material, you're not going to find a lot of guidance in NFPA standards for what you need to do for your additive manufacturing process. Uh, and that's something we, we started to address through the last revision cycle. And now as we're combining documents, it's kind of taken a, uh, a step back until that document combination happens. And you'll see additive manufacturing information in, in 44 for metals. Uh, but if you're handling plastics, uh, there's a gap there, right? And another one you'll see common through all the standards is uh, maybe not as much information about fire protection requirements and methods as there could be for combustible dust. I think we saw a great presentation at the end 
of yesterday from Tom Sherpa that covered, you know, what are some of the gaps there when we're talking combustible dust and fire protection. Okay, so I hope you found that presentation by Jason really interesting on NFPA 660, why they're consolidating the standards, the history leading up to NFPA 652, and then into 660, um, the different types of committees and NFPA requirements, and why they're going about creating the standard now. What's this process look like? What kind of conflicts is it looking to address? And how is it going to make things better in the future? Tune back in next week. We'll go through part two of the presentation, looking at how NFPA 660 is being developed, differences between standards and codes and what that means for NFPA 660 and the proposed structure. And we will close out that podcast episode by going through the Q&A, which is really interesting from this presentation as well. So as I mentioned at the outset, if you're interested in the replays from the 2021 Dust Safety Conference and you didn't actually get a ticket yourself, don't worry, all the presentations, uh, over 50 of them, are available in the training library in the Dust Safety Academy as part of the Dust Safety Academy Premium Membership. Last count, we're up over 120 different training videos that are available through that platform. So go to dustsafetyacademy.com and sign up today if you're interested in getting involved and watching the replays there. I want to say thank you for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. I hope you have a safe and productive week ahead. And I appreciate everything you're doing in industries handling combustible dust, making them safer every day.